At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's our number two of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Big thanks to the two guests that join me in our number one. Rob Pizzola does a great job over there at Hammer Sports Betting Network, and then we had Eli Hershkovich of the Lions on. So a big thanks to both of them, and what was a great hour number one. And going to be a tremendous hour number two as Mackenzie Kramer is going to be joining me in 15 minutes. He does great work with ESPN and their stats and information department and does some great work over there with the show, The Daily Wager. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be talking a lot of NFL week 14 with him. And then got to hit a little bit of UFC. Dan Stupp, who does great work at the Action Network, is going to be joining me in 45 minutes. We're going to be breaking down what I think is a relatively solid fight card here for this week's UFC 282. So, but he'd be going in wide variety of directions here. We're going with some UFC. We're going with some NFL. We're going to be talking this segment about college basketball. It's a smaller slate, 10 games, and a lot of these games are on the extra games board. But with that said, it does not matter if you're betting on the biggest of the big games, Duke, North Carolina, the Final Four, if or if you're taking a look at Lipscomb versus Alabama, and money is money. Unfortunately, you're probably going to get a little bit less money down on Lipscomb versus Alabama A&M than you would in the Final Four. But that said, we're here to be able to find as much money as humanly possible. And those little bets, they add up over time as well. And let's try to get back on track with the DK Nation picks. As I mean, it was a good read knowing that we were going to be without Chris Murray in the game against Iowa. 
Unfortunately, Iowa decided to go 12-23 from three-point range. That was not fun, to say the least. I think this might be a little bit more fun. We're going with a team that has been able to do a relatively solid job this year. As we go 885-886, this is a intrastate rivalry between Washington and Gonzaga. 49th meeting all-time between these two, and Gonzaga is currently a 16.5-point favorite. Your total on this game is between 148 and 148.5, and... and Right up on this one is going to be on Washington. I've actually liked what I've seen out of this Washington team, and they're going up against a Gonzaga team that's only covered two spreads this year. And Gonzaga, I personally had them as a top three team coming into this college basketball season. I have had to drop them very, very far, and it seems as though power rankings and just bookmakers in general have not dropped Gonzaga as far as they should. Gonzaga, over the last six years, has ranked in the top eight in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. This year, they rank 55th, and the reason why we've seen this big of a fall-off is because the guard play has been a little bit sloppier this year. Let's call it what it is. You've got Nolan Ekman, who made some bad decisions. If you, like me, laid like between one and a half and two and a half points in that game against Gonz or in that game against Baylor with Gonzaga. You have every right to feel salty about that one because they were up seven points with 95 seconds to go and they lost in regulation. That was not a fun night to say the least. And with this Washington team, they've really been looking to throttle down. It's a Washington team that over the last three years, they've been ranking in the top 115 in terms of possessions per game. They're down to more around 175th. And the big reason why is because of the transfers that they brought in. And Braxton Maya, he is a 7 footer from Fresno State. And I'll call it what it is. I had no expectations for him this season. He really didn't play a lot at Fresno State. He was a big body that just was glued to the bench. And he's come in and he's been able to give the team six rebounds. He's been able to help out with a Washington team that's now fourth in all of college basketball in terms of percentage of shots that they block from their opponent. They're blocking 10.8% of opponent's shots this year. That is quite incredible. And overall, Washington, 43rd in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And they've actually been better on defense when they've been on the road. In road and neutral court games, Washington, 13th in the country in points allowed on a per-possession basis. With Gonzaga, 203rd in turnovers on a per-possession basis. And having a little bit of a tough time getting things online. I do think that you've got some value here with Washington. And on top of that, for Washington, Keon Brooks was missing for a few games this season. He's back at the fold. He's been able to do a nice job giving the team 17 points per contest for Gonzaga. Drew Timmy is still going to get his. Drew Timmy leaves something to be desired on defense. He's rock solid on offense. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I do think that he's going to be able to put together a nice day, but even with Gonzaga, I do think that there's a little bit of three-point shooting regression coming in for Julian Strother and Rajir Bolton. Both of these guys are shooting a combined about 46.5% from three, 25.5 points per game. Are they good three-point shooters? Absolutely. Are they this good of three-point shooters? I don't quite think so. And Anton Watson has left a little bit of something to be desired. This is not a scenario where I encourage the Washington money line at plus 850, but I was willing to take 16.5 here. I feel like this line should be closer to about a 14, 14 and a half or so. So I do think that you've got a little bit of value on this Friday. My write-up is going to be on the points with Washington. And because Washington has been playing a little bit slower because they have been able to do a good job on defense, also set my total at 147 and a half. So seeing the 148 and a half that I'm seeing right now, I'm going to be one to dive in on the under and write-up. That is going to be Washington catching 16 and a half points. I actually saw this at 17 a little bit earlier. Would love to see it get back, but 
Certainly still willing to take 16 and a half here. How about if we go with the last game on the normal Las Vegas betting board? And that is 887-888. Arkansas State going to be on the road facing off against Air Force. Well, we're going to have a lot of military institutes going at it on Saturday. And yes, Air Force is going to kick us off on the hardwood as they are a six and a half to seven point favorite. And your total on this game, it is 120 and a half. I know that this total might seem low, but there is a very good reason why we are seeing this low of total. And I'm actually going to be taking it under. It's because Air Force, in terms of total possessions per game, you've got 363 D1 teams. Air Force is currently one of the slower teams in the country as they are finding themselves 236th, and Arkansas State is even slower. Arkansas State, they are 248th in the country, so you've got a pair of teams that they just aren't really playing very up-tempo at all, and both of these teams have been having their turnover issues. Air Force north of 14.5 turnovers per game, north of 13 turnovers per game for Arkansas State. So both of these teams leaving a whole heck of a lot of something to be desired, and for Arkansas State, you can tell that the transition that they've been experiencing, no longer having no Chad O'Meara, that is really hurting them as he was a very dominant low post player for this team. And now as a result, they are finding themselves 285th in the country in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. Now, part of this was when Malcolm Farrington was out of the fold and he is back in there for Arkansas State as he and Caleb Fields have been able to do a nice job in the backcourt. These two guys, they're combining for just under 26 points per contest. Got a guy in fields who's been able to shoot about 36% from three-point range in Farrington. He's a 42% three-point shooter, and he's taking over eight threes per game. I think that we're going to see that slide a little bit. Fields is really your main facilitator with five assists per game, but that said, you do take a look at this Arkansas State team as a whole, and it's been a little bit hit or miss with them in terms of turnovers. Now, they do a great job of turning their opponents over as well. They're generating a little bit over 15 turnovers per game. That is a little bit of a trouble spot for Air Force, but I do think that Air Force by committee is going to be able to do a little bit of a better job down low. As you've had Isaiah Nelson and Omar el be able to do a good job down low for this Arkansas State team. They're combining for about 12 rebounds per game. And for Air Force, they have been dealing with a few injuries. Lucas Mormon, really their tallest player, right around 6'10". He's been out of the fold for quite a while. But I do like this backcourt duo. And Jake Heidbretter along with Camden Vanderswag, a combined about 26.5 points per game. Both of these guys shooting a sizzler of about 42.5% from three-point range. And I do think that it's sustainable. If you look at this Air Force team time and time again, they're always a good three-point shooting team. The problem is they try to get these really, really good three-point shots, and when they get them, they're able to hit them. But they turn the ball over quite a bit. What I am noticing with this Air Force team as well, though, is that they're doing a little bit of a better job of being able to generate some turnovers as well, and they're allowing opponents to shoot 24% from three-point range. Are we going to see that number go upward a little bit? Yes, I don't know if Arkansas State is going to be able to get online here because keep in mind, this is a game that is going to be played at elevation. You have to go up to Colorado Springs, one of the tougher environments in all of college basketball to play in, in my opinion. Ethan Taylor has been able to do a nice job as a Swiss Army and F guy, seven points, three and a half boards, three and a half assists, gives you a steal per game. So I've liked what I've seen there. And Corbin Green has been able to give this team a nice little shot in the arm as well. Air Force, not traditionally a great rebounding team. Be able to give the team five and a half boards, nearly two steals, ten and a half points, two and a half assists. So you've got some really good versatile players for Air Force with Arkansas State having to go up to elevation. I think it's going to be a tough spot for them. So I'm willing to lay the points with Air Force, set them as an eight point favorite. It's an Arkansas team in a little bit of transition with the guys that they're missing from last season. And I'm going to be taking a look at this solo under slow game involving pair teams that have a tough time being able to take care of the ball. And 
with that under. How about if we counteract that with a little bit of an over? 306-691, 306-692. Stony Brook is on the road facing off against Bryant. The Bryant Bulldogs are a 13-point favorite. Your total on this game is anywhere between 150 and 150 and a half. Then with Bryant, I was talking about lower tempo teams just a minute ago. You don't have to worry about that with Bryant as this team has been running it and they have been a gunning it as they are one of the top teams in all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game. And last season, I believe that they were actually number one to be exact in terms of total possessions per game. They're more around 100th this season, but you're noticing with Bryant, very efficient on offense, very inefficient on defense as they rank in the top 30, 135 in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. In terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, well, this Bryant team, they're more around 150th, but you do have a Bryant team that they were dealing with some ailments when they were going up against Cincinnati. Or actually, not ailments. They were dealing with some sickness. That is the better way of putting it. As a result, they actually had a game postponed against Tulane, but it seems like most of these guys have been able to heal up. Unfortunately, Kevon Kramer was dealing with some issues, so he's most likely going to be out of the fold in this game, but you've got a trio of guys averaging 15-plus points per game. Charles Pride, Sharif Gross Bullock, and they're bringing Sexy back, apparently, with Earl Timberlake. These three guys, maybe they will give you a combined 46.5 points per game. Pride and Timberlake combined for 15 rebounds. That is going to be more than enough against the Stony Brook team that now they have back in the fold a guy in Aaron Clark, who was able to average right around 16 points per game while he was at Sacred Heart, but this has really been one of the most rough watches in all of college basketball. Sony Brook willing to lay up to 14 points with Brian. Semi-total 152.5, so also looking over and coming next, we're looking at the NFL with Mackenzie Kramer of ESPN right here on the Great Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. 
Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot or download the app today. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. And it is great to be joined by our guest as Mackenzie Kramer. He does excellent work over there at ESPN. A lot of these sets and information network tweets that you find. He is the one that digs up all those gems. And on top of that, does a great job with the show, The Daily Wager. And my friend, it is always great to have you aboard. Thank you. I want to take credit for everything at ESPN Stats and Information. <laughs> we got a great partner with a lot of people, but I'm happy I can help. Yep, you certainly do a great job of that. And you help us out on the show darn near every single weekend. Something that I always ask before we dive into week 14, are there any week 15 look at lines? you might be taking a look at because very, very strange in that we've got a lot of buys here in early December. I can't remember ever seeing buy weeks in early December, but that's where we're at in terms of this NFL season. But anything really standing out to you because we do have quite a few quarterback changes and typically you'll find those for this week's lines noted and sometimes in the next week's lines, not so much. To be honest with you, I, I do love to look at look, look ahead lines. It's one of my favorite things to do every week. I think you can often find value in the look ahead lines because you can kind of predict where the line's going to go, and at least you won't lose value. And where I found value in the look ahead lines the last few weeks is kind of looking at the favorites and mostly just fading the really bad teams. Like if you look at the Texans the last couple of weeks, the look ahead line against the Browns was four and a half, five and a half. That closed in the seven, seven and a half range. Against the Cowboys this week, it was 14, 14 and a half. Now that line's through 17. I think sometimes these really bad teams can be undervalued and look ahead line. Right now, the Chiefs are laying 14 in Houston. I really want to lay 14 with Houston, but I imagine if you do, I think you're more likely to get line value than not. In terms of lines I'd li- I like for next week, there's not a whole lot that stands out for me. I think my favorite would probably be the Chargers against the Titans. Chargers minus two. I think that they're the better team and probably should be laying three there. I also think that total is a touch low at 46. Chargers have been getting a nice injury report this week with uh, Corey Lindsley, Mike Williams likely to play. I think the Chargers might be getting back to full strength, at least offensively. I think the Titans have a really good matchup offensively on the other side with Derrick Henry able to run over the Chargers. So that's kind of what I'm looking at for next week, but I don't have a whole lot on the board for next week yet. Yeah, but I do think that it's a little bit more of a tough week number 15 slate that we're taking a look at as well. Certainly the Texans finding themselves as two touchdown underdogs against the Kansas City Chiefs. Honestly, I don't know how that number goes down from 14 unless a Patrick Mahomes Falls off the roller coaster and breaks every bone in his body to use the dodgeball reference. So pretty much all you need to bank on is Patrick Mahomes not getting injured. And the funny thing with that spread, though, is these giant home dogs have been coming through at a really high rate. Last two years, double-digit home dogs, I believe, are 9 and 10 straight up. Not just against the spread, <laughs> straight up. And 
favorites of at least uh, home dogs, at least 13 points for winning records straight up over the last two years. We already saw, seen two of those upsets happen this year out of three chances. So maybe Houston doesn't play next week, but I'm going to need a lot more than 14 points if I want to go, go look at them. And we did see, in terms of the Eagles, not be able to cover that spread a little bit earlier this season when they went on the road against the Texans as well. And how about if we stick with this theme and take a look at the biggest line on the board with the Cowboys going from a 17 to a 17.5 point favorite against the Texans. And the total on this game, it is anywhere between right in that pocket of about 44 to 44.5. So what they're saying is... Yeah, the Texans need to get the 13 here for you to be able to cover it. I don't know if I've got a lot of faith in that. I'm going to be doing my Circa Millions plays relatively soon. I did not take the Thursday night football game, and thank goodness I didn't because I would have been on the Raiders. So that was a good call by myself. But how do you take a look at this game? Because I sort of want to pull the trigger right now on the Texans. I just don't know if I have the stones to be able to do so with how bad they've been. Yeah, I was happy the Rams knocked out about 10% of the people left in my uh, survivor pool that I'm still alive in. But with the Cowboys game, I was looking to lay the 17 early in the week. I didn't do it yet because I just want to see maybe I get a 16 and a half. And we did get a 16 and a half briefly yesterday. But the reason why was, I believe, because the quarterback changed. Kyle Allen going back to Davis Mills. Kyle Allen had been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL as a starter this year. And obviously in his entire career, he's never really been that good. Davis Mills, obviously a below average quarterback, but I think he is an upgrade. And I think he's just enough of an upgrade where 17 and a half is a little bit too much for me to lay. Maybe if it gets back to 17, I'm just looking for action. I can lay the 17, but right now it's no play. In fact, our FBI actually has this line about 20 and a half. So according to FBI, there's still a little bit more value on the Cowboys, but we saw what the Cowboys did it with the big line against the Colts last week, putting up a ton of points in the fourth quarter. But to me, this is Cowboys are passed, and I don't know what number I need to bet on Houston. It might have to be a minor number might have to start with a two for me to bet Houston this week. Yeah, it's a really tough ordeal, and we did see it with the Cowboys. It took them a while to get things going against the Colts, and then when they got things going, it was a 33-0 to zero quarter as well. And that's nearly double the line that we're seeing right now. A nice 33-point differential there, but this is the one that I find to be one that I'm probably going to fire in on. It is the Eagles and it is the Giants. The Giants are a full touchdown underdog at home. You just mentioned the success that we've seen with home underdogs, a little bit more with double figure underdogs in terms of what you were referencing a little bit earlier, but I think that this extends to underdogs of seven plus points at home. I just take a look at this game. It's a divisional game and the Giants yeah, they aren't necessarily the most efficient team if you're looking at DVOA, yards per play, list goes on and on. But this team is well coached. They pulled out a lot of games late, and I think now getting a full touchdown with them, I think that there's a value here with the Giants. I could see that. I mean, typically I like to – typically I'm an underdog better. So typically I, there has to be a significant reason for me to go to the favorite side. But in this spot, I have to disagree with you. I think Philadelphia is a good side here, especially when it was under seven. I laid six and a half earlier in the week with, with Philly in this spot. I just think the Giants are start are, the wheels are starting to fall off a little bit for the Giants. Yes, they've had some miracle backdoor covers. We saw that on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, but I think that this is just not enough, enough points for the way the uh, Eagles have played this year. Especially like them in the first half, we know how good the Eagles have been in the first half this year, and also kind of protects you a little bit against the backdoor cover. So that's kind of how I would play this game. It's not necessarily one of my favorite plays of the week, but I did play the six and a half, seven. I don't know if I'd lay the seven, but uh, six and a half, I definitely like Philly. Yep, with the Philadelphia Eagles, they have certainly been able to get back online with that win against the Tennessee Titans last weekend. The Titans are a team that I find to be a little bit confounding as well. Let's go into there right now because if there's a team that I've been looking at in the market that I feel like 
man, this team is overpriced again. It's been the Jacksonville Jaguars. Really, ever since that win against the Chargers, it's been a rough watch for them. I just fear that the wheels are starting to fall off with the Titans. Currently find them in a lot of places as a four-point favorite, seeing a couple straight three-and-a-halves pop up as well with a total of about 41. Where do you stand in terms of this game? Because I've not liked what I've seen out of the Titans the last few weeks, but I just can't get there with the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. See, I can. I mean, I I, I told you on last week in this spot that I took Jacksonville in the look-ahead line plus three-and-a-half, which I still think was a decent bet. But, of course, Jacksonville laid a total egg last week against Detroit. Uh, Tennessee got destroyed, as I kind of thought that they might. But these teams are relatively evenly matched. And I, I definitely give Vrabel a big coaching advantage, though the GM being fired this week is an interesting wrinkle, which I took my handicap. But I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. I don't like Tennessee laying a big number in this spot. They'll have to win by at least four points. That's not really what their style is. And I think a divisional dog, I'd like Jacksonville in the spot. Our FBI actually has Jacksonville as the better team in the spot. We have this line about a pick them. So to me, getting over a field goal in this game, forcing Tennessee to win margin, I'm going to fade that. Give me Jacksonville plus the points in this spot. Here's another one that I do find to be very interesting as well because we're taking a look at a lot of these divisional games, and it's the Jets and the Buffalo Bills. And with the Jets, I've liked what I've seen out of Mike White recently, but I've also liked the way that the Bills have been able to bounce back as well. I do think that the... More appropriate number in this game is 10, and that's where we're finding it right now. At 9.5, I thought that you had a little bit of value on the Bills. If this were to get up a little bit north of 10, then I'd really be willing to get there the New York Jets. I'm not sure if you sort of feel that way about this game, but I think that the line is sort of settling into where it was or where it should be. I, I totally agree with you. I think this line should be 10. I put a little bit on Bills minus nine earlier in the week. I don't love it, but I just thought it would give me some hedge opportunities in case I wanted to play back in the Jets and try to middle the 10 later in the week. The Jets have the better defense in this game, but we don't know what Mike White's going to be able to do in this game. I mean, he started really five games in his career. Last year, he played five really good quarter quarters against the Bengals and Colts. Then he played the Bills through no touchdowns, four interceptions, and lost his job for the rest of the season. This Bills defense is not last year's Bills defense. But we also have seen Mike White play against two pretty bad pass defenses this year in Chicago and um, uh, and Minnesota last week. And he was really good against the Bears last week. Wasn't so good against the Vikings. Made some big time throws in that game. But we had a, a QBR in the with a QBR in the 20s against a tougher opponent in Buffalo. It's really hard to trust the Jets in this spot. It is a revenge spot for the Bills. That's a great scheduling spot for the Bills. The Bills have had some really tough scheduling spots the last few weeks, moving their home game to Detroit last second back-to-back Thursday night games. Now, all of a sudden, they have extra rest. They're playing at home. I think this is a pretty good spot for Buffalo. At 10, I don't think I'd play it. Maybe if it gets above 10. I do think the Jets are a frisky team. They, they've been playing really hard for Coach Salah all season. That defense is really good, like I just mentioned. And there might be room for improvement for Mike White. We don't really know how good he is. Maybe he's actually a pretty big upgrade over Zach Wilson. But to me, this is Bills. If you can lay under 10, I would take the Bills. If it starts to creep over that, then maybe I'll come back on the Jets. Yep, it's funny how those key numbers do work. We Typically, we talk about it with 3 and 7, but I think this week especially, we could take a look at 10. Hopefully, with Texans games, we aren't looking at 21 anytime soon, but you know what? Towards back of the season, we might be because, well, not necessarily been going great there, but it's always great when we're able to get Mackenzie Kramer on the show, and we're doing a great job taking a look at week number 14 with them, and we're going to be continuing that on Posing to him the question of Vikings versus Lions next here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. You're 
Magazine, Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook here calling all soccer fans to lace up your cleats with the World Cup in full swing. Now is the perfect time to check out Bet Rivers because when you log into Bet Rivers every single match day, you're able to receive a bet on behalf of Bet Rivers and you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has the latest lines, odds, and boosts to be able to create a perfect match day experience. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Being rejoined by Mackenzie Kramer, who does great work over there at ESPN on the show, The Daily Wager. On top of that, their stats and information department. And we're going to get back into NFL in a minute. But you and I are both big-time college basketball fans, and we were talking about this a little bit off air. You've got a position on Zach Eady to be able to win the Wooden Award, which I think that you did a great job being able to get north of 15-1 to 1 on that. It is looking terrific because right now at DraftKings, I'm seeing it at 2-1. At this point, I, I I just don't think that there's value at 2-1 to one on Zach Eady. But that said, you brought up an interesting name, and I don't know how you take a look at the Wooden Award right now, but it's Zach Eady number one, and then you've got a bunch of guys at number two that you could be able to make a case for. But right now, I'm seeing a guy in Adama Sonogo at 25-1, to one, and I think if someone's looking to dive in right now, that's actually really good value. I totally agree. I was hoping that that would be a bigger number on Sonogo. The few places I've looked at, he hasn't been posted. So uh, I got to check out drafting. So I can't really do that in Nevada. So maybe I'll yeah. drive across the border to Arizona or California, fire that bet. But uh, I think Sonogo is a really good value. I mean, I heard you and Eli talking about that like a half hour ago or so, how good UConn's been this year. I mean, they're number two overall in Ken Palm right now. Sonogo is top five in the Ken Palm player of the year market. So you have a combination of a really good team guy with a really high usage rates who puts up really good stats like that's that's what you want to look for in the wooden award i mean zach Eady at 50 to 1 which i bet pretty early in the season i want to put more on it when i was up in uh, oregon for the pk85 but apparently you can't bet college sports in oregon so i couldn't really do that but the wooden market wooden award market is fascinating to me right now because like you said Eady's a massive favorite right now and then after that it's armando baycott caleb love like a bunch of guys here at the top of the odds board that have very little chance of actually winning this I do kind of like Jalen Wilson at 15 to one. The number's a little bit short, but he's putting up, he's got the combination of really good numbers and a really good team is what you're looking for. I have a lot of Chris Murray at uh, 50 and 60 to one though. him missing today's game and probably missing a couple games after this. That might hurt his, his candidacy, but uh, that's, I think Sonogo is a guy that we're going to be looking to fire on pretty soon in the wooden world market. Yeah, but I also think that TJ Shannon at 30 to one with what he's been able to do at Illinois, not as much value as Adonis Sonogo, obviously, but if you're looking for a little bit more of a flyer, I don't think that that's a worse place to look either. And I think that this is a good place to look for intrigue in terms of the NFL this week, the Vikings and the Lions. And with the Lions, they are now between a one and a half to a two point favor with a total anywhere between 51 and a half and 52. Not sure where you stand on this, but it's a game that I'm very puzzled by because I just took a look offhand a few days ago and I'm just thinking, oh, Vikings are going to be an auto play for me on this, but I just dig in more and more and I don't know how sustainable these one possession wins are for the Vikings. And just the more that I've looked at the Lions, the more that I've liked them ever since they've been able to get DeAndre Swift and company back in the fold. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get there for the Lions, but I'm now having second thoughts about taking a shot on the Vikings. So we've heard all week about, I can't believe the Lions are possibly favored over the Vikings. Well, here's a stat for you. This is the 10th time in the Super Bowl era, it goes back to 1966, 
where a team with a 800 winning percentage is an underdog to a team with a losing record in December or January. Previous nine that were the good teams went 0-9 straight up and against the spread with an average margin of 19 points per game, which obviously would bode well for the Lions. However, eight of the previous nine instances were either week 16 or 17 when those, those teams rested their starters. We've only really seen this happen once in the Super Bowl era, which was back in 2004 when Michael Vick and the Falcons got blown out 27-0 against the Buccaneers as one-and-a-half-point dogs. But I'm going to buck that trend. I think I like Minnesota in this game. I, I totally get what you're saying. I know Minnesota's been of a fraudulent 10-2. And betting against them a lot too, but betting against them when they're a favorite. Now they're a dog against the Lions. We've seen all year that the Vikings have been winning these close games, and all they need to do to cover the spread is to win. I think this is basically a coin flip game, maybe slightly weighed toward Minnesota. Still think Minnesota is a slightly better team, and Great has been winning these games recently, but those wins came against Green Bay, the Giants, Bears, and the Jaguars. I think this game is close to a coin flip, so getting plus money on Minnesota is a good thing. And if you look at the last four meetings between these teams, decided by two, 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 and four points. So if you're getting two and a half, which is what I took Minnesota at earlier in the week, if three of the last four, you're just winning that one. So I, I, I lean Minnesota in this game, and that's our play I've already made. Yep, this is one where, I mean, my read is right now telling me Minnesota. I'm having some second thoughts, of so... Going to be determining my my circa millions plays here within the next hour or so. We shall see if that one makes the board. It's going to be interesting to see if this one makes the board as well because the Kansas City Chiefs they are right now a 9.5 point favorite against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos, who I feel are a dead side. The only thing I just don't know is if the Broncos are going to be able to hold down the Chiefs enough for them to be able to hold within the number because with the Broncos, defense has been actually superb this year. It's been one of the best cores in all of football. The problem is the worst core in all of football has been the Denver Broncos offense right now. I'm not sure where you're at in terms of this game, but I take a look at the Chiefs and I think that there's a little bit of value with them. I just wish the number wasn't so big. Yeah, I talked with you last segment about the look-ahead lines. This was a spot where the look-ahead line for me was Chiefs minus seven. So I took that because I didn't think there was any way this line could possibly be under seven. Now that it's at in the nine range, I, I don't really have a strong lean on the side. I, it's, like you said, it's so hard to trust this Denver offense to cover a spread. But where I do have a lean and I'm kind of fading where the line is moving is I like the under in this game. I think 44, that's a pretty high number for what we've seen from Denver this year. Denver's played 13 games this year, or sorry, 12 games this year. Only one of them has gone over 40 points, much less 44. Broncos games average just 30.6 points per game this season. They're 11 and one to the under, and their offense might be as beat up as it's been all season. The offensive line is bad. Portland Sutton might be out. Running backs have been beat up all year. I don't know how they score that many points in this game. And I think under 44, you have a bunch of different ways you can win. I know they haven't played a team like the Chiefs all season that has this elite offense, but Chiefs could win this one 31 to three. It could be 20 to 13. There, there's a lot of different ways that this can hit the under. And I don't see Denver scoring that much in this game. So maybe as I'm saying this out loud, Denver team total under is probably the way to go. But I lean under 44. And I think I'm seeing a Denver team total of 17 and a half. And I don't know how Denver is able to unearth two touchdowns in this game. So I don't disagree with you there. How about if we take a look at the highest total on the board? And that would be the Chargers and the Miami Dolphins pretty much tied with the Vikings game, which that totals anywhere between 51 and a half and 52. This one's more around 52 to 52 and a half. And with the Chargers, they were on the look at line to pick them. Now they're even here at circa a three and a half point underdog. I'm mostly seeing threes out there on the board. And with the Chargers, 
at a pick'em line, I wouldn't be able to consider them. But if you're giving me, especially what I'm seeing right now, at circa north of a field goal, I do think that now you're starting to get into that range where there's a little bit of value with the Chargers. Not sure if you agree slash disagree, but I feel like that magic number of three is starting to make this look like a play on the Chargers. The only thing I worry about is I don't know if this Chargers defense can slow down Miami. Derwin James hasn't practiced all week. The Chargers defense has already been pretty rough this season, and I don't really see how they slow down Miami. So I kind of lean the over in this one. But Corey Lindsley looks like he's coming back. Mike Williams looks like he's coming back. The Chargers offense looks like it might be back at full strength. I can kind of see a, a shootout in this game. And RPI actually has the Chargers by two in this game. So three and a half. <laughs> I mean, I took Miami getting points probably a month ago on on uh, on an advance line. I, three, I, I like Miami in this game, but I don't want to lay a full field goal even in a high-scoring game. Three and a half, I can't blame you for taking the Chargers. I think I'm just going to stay off of that. I think I'm just going to let my my uh, ride for, my bet for a few weeks ago ride. But uh, yeah, three and a half, it's hard, it's hard to take Miami. You can't take Miami laying three and a half on the road. I know it's LA. And they don't have any home field advantage, but still is a cross-country flight. I mean, granted, Miami was on the West Coast last week, too. I actually dug into whether or not they stayed on the West Coast. I've been tracking those flights. Uh, they stayed <laughs> according to Jason, to our producer. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I still have a spot for uh, the Dolphins in that spot. So, I, I would lean uh, Dolphins. I like the Dolphins, but I don't think maybe the current spread. And I do think that it's very important to look at that travel. And how about if we look at one other game where we're finding about a three-and-a-half point line, and that would be the Panthers and the Seattle Seahawks with the Seahawks being that three-and-a-half-point favorite total on this game between 44 and 44-and-a-half. I feel like the Panthers are getting a little bit too much love for what we've seen over the last week or so. I think that the Seattle Seahawks have a really good home field advantage, and I think three-and-a-half is actually a very good bargain on the Seahawks. I'm probably going to be willing to lay this one. This was one of the few games I look at, and I'm just like, nope, just pass. Don't really have a strong take on this one. And Seattle's defense has been so rough the last few weeks, it's kind of hard to trust them. But I wouldn't think that could kind of benefit Seattle is just the Rams winning tonight because I think Seattle, this line might be so low because Seattle looks so shaky against the Rams last week. The Rams coming out and winning today. Now, obviously, they didn't look very good in that game, but everybody kind of thought the Rams were mailing in the season last week, and then they put up a good effort last week, good effort today. RFBI actually has this line at six, so they're bit, they're with you that there's value on the Seattle side. The more I kind of talk, talk this out loud, I think I might be with you on Seattle, but I haven't picked this one, and this was a line that both these teams have been hard to figure out all season, especially Carolina for me. So after about week five or week six, I said I can't really touch Carolina games anymore. They've been hurting me too much. But to me, yeah, I think Seattle are passing this one. It is a little bit hard to figure out those teams, but it's easy to figure out that you always provide value when you join me, Mackenzie. Always do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Always great to have Mackenzie aboard. And coming up next, we're talking some UFC with Dan Stuff of Action Network right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, <laughs> hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every single game? The betting splits page it is updated every 10 minutes with DraftKings odds. So that way you're able to see all the changes on the line, find where the public is betting based on the number of tickets, and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well. And betting splits are another way that VEASAN is here year-round to make you a smarter better. Check out today's betting splits for every single game at VEASAN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and great to be joined by ben, by Dan Stupp. He does terrific work over at Action Network, taking a look at the UFC. And Dan, always appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. And I appreciate the fact that you've got a 66-1 to one <laughs> shot on this card. So 
I know that a lot of people, I like to suspense it, but I want to give the people what they want. And I'm sure that they are very curious to hear this. And it's going to be coming in the Petty Pimblet versus Jared Gordon fight. Right now, Gordon finding himself right around about plus 205, plus 220 underdog with Pimblet more around minus 240, minus 250, somewhere in that neighborhood. Take me through the 66 to 1 <laughs> ticket that you are currently holding and why you like it because I am very intrigued. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not playing 66 to 1 shots all the time. I like to take some flyers from time to time. But no, it makes sense that we kind of start with this fight. Patty Pimlet, even though he's in the co main event, uh, I'm not even sure he's in the top 15 of the, the rankings right now, but he is definitely the biggest star of this card. He's going to get the biggest pop on Saturday night. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have been waiting uh, to kind of cash in on the hype train crashing. Um, I think this is a matchup where if you're going to fade him, um, this, this isn't a bad spot. He's facing uh, Jared Gordon, uh, a tough vet. Uh, he overwhelms you with pressure. And that's one of the reasons I like uh, betting the draw at 66 to 1. Again, this isn't a bet I make all the time. Uh, basically, what it comes down to is you, you want to find a fight where you think there's a, a legitimate or a good shot at either a point deduction, a foul, the type of fighter who may uh, get himself in trouble and not the most disciplined. But in this case, I think with Jared Gordon, we're going to get a 10-8 round. Uh, he could suffer a 10-8 round uh, in the first one, in the first round, or he could uh, win a 10-8 round in the third round. Uh, again, it's just a, a kind of a play on his cardio, his ability to kind of wear down opponents. Uh, Patty Pimlet does not have bad cardio by any means, but it's just not on the level of a Jared Gordon. So I think Jared Gordon as, a, as an underdog is a, a solid play, but if you're looking for a fun flyer, uh, a few books have 66 to one. I think there was a, a small one out there, 80 to one. I think if you get it over 50 to one and, and you're looking for a flyer, that's not a bad play. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest fights that are, it's going to be on this UFC 282 card. And we're going to talk a lot about the main fights in a minute or two, but I know that you mentioned to me that you really like this undercard as well. Take me through a better two that you do like in terms of the undercard, because it feels like there's quite a bit of value with regards to it because you have more of the even up fights there. Because what I'm noticing in terms of the main card is that you do have a lot of demonstrative favorites. Yeah, it's a fun prelim card. Uh, one that I really liked is the the featured early prelim, which I guess is just a way of saying the fourth fight of the night. But uh, it's uh, Billy Quarantillo versus uh, Alex Hernandez. There's a few different ways I like this. I like Quarantilla uh, straight up minus 170. I like the fight doesn't go to decision plus 100. I wouldn't even fault you for taking Billy Q in the third round at a, about plus 1100. Um, he, I just see kind of a clear path for him to win this. I'm not really sold on Alex Hernandez and him dropping a weight class. I just, I don't think that's the right move. It, it is sometimes for guys, especially when they're younger. Um, I just don't, I, I think he really benefited from being the bigger guy and dropping a weight class. Um, you know, I, I think he thinks that's going to give him even more of an advantage. I think it's just going to sap him of his energy. Um, and, and again, I, I think it's kind of a cardio play. I, I think Quarantillo, uh, he can put the foot on the gas and, and not let up. So I, I think it getting him uh, under minus 200 here, I think I got him at minus 170. I think he's still available in that neighborhood. I think that's a really good uh, way to uh, play the, the this uh, prelim, just straight on the money line. But I think a third round stoppage, we, we've seen him pour it on late. So I think that's a good play too. And we've seen a lot of big steam moves on this card as well. Like in the Bryce Mitchell versus Ilya Topiria fight with Topiria open up minus 170. Now between minus 135 and minus 140. And yeah, I thought that at right around plus 145, plus 150, Mitchell had a little bit of value. 
I feel like it's went a little bit too far here. I'm not sure if you agree slash disagree, but I think that they went a little bit too much in terms of slime move. Yeah, early in the week, I got a feeling that a lot of people were going to be looking at Mitchell as kind of an underdog play. It seemed like we were leaning that way. But I, I think uh, people wised up and they're on the right side of this. I, I think Tapura is the right uh, side. Uh, Mitchell's a, a tough dude. Um, he, he's had a nice uh, run. I think these are two guys who are really good on the ground. I think the difference is Tapura's got a really good stand-up game. I think he could use some uh, low kicks to to really kind of um, set the tone for and get the edge and the takedowns. Um, so again, that, that's going to open the pay-per-view main card. It's going to be a great fight. I, I think it's a potential fight in the night contender, but I think Tapura is the right side of that. And we're also finding this in the Till versus Duplices fight as you saw Darren Till open up as right around a plus 110 underdog. Well, this has moved the opposite as you right now got Till anywhere between about plus 155 and seeing as high as a plus 175 out there as well. I think that the value is starting to go with Duplices, but I do think that it's an interesting fight and we are seeing the round prop going downward and I do think that that is the correct move. Yeah, I think it's mainly just the play. And no one really knows what to expect from Darren Till. Uh, he's obviously a very emotional fighter, not the most stable <laughs> fighter. Uh, he's not had a, a lot of success lately. I, I know that I think the narrative for this fight is that he really changed it up, tried different camps and stuff. I, I still don't really trust him to to stick to a game plan to smart to fight a smart fight. And, and he's facing a killer in Duplessis, the, the uh, South African. Uh, fighter. I think he cut his teeth mainly in uh, the KSW promotion in Poland. Uh, I think a lot of UFC fighters or UFC fans weren't real familiar with him. I think the guys who follow the sport a little more closely, um, you know, knew what he was doing over there in Europe. Um, I, I think this is a, a really good spot for him. But again, it's kind of more of a fade there until I just think uh, he, he's not kind of focused. And he even, like I said, changing the camps and stuff. Uh, sometimes that shows, uh, I, I don't know, a recommitment to the sport with Till. It just makes me think he's kind of out there doing his own thing again. So I don't know. I could be proven wrong. But I think if you're playing the under or doesn't go to decision, kind of covers you both ways. I, I think if this is Duplicis's fight, we're going to realize that very early on he's going to probably be able to get the stoppage. And if somehow Till has reclaimed that early UFC career magic and, and comes out with the power, uh, he is totally more than capable of getting a stoppage. So I really like the under that, that doesn't go to decision for that reason. Yep, I'm right there with you on that. And then when it comes to the main event that we're going to be finding, I think the biggest key is trying to find value on the favorite as Magomed Ankalev right now about a minus $3. And I'm seeing as high as minus 350 here at Circle, <laughs> which... I can't say that I necessarily disagree, but Jan Blachowicz, obviously a guy that has been there, done that. We've seen him in quite a few fights, actually, recently as well. But where are you looking in terms of this fight? Because I do think that with Magomed Ankalov, he certainly deserves to be the big favorite in this fight. Just about, are you willing to lay north of $3 with him? I know, and against a, a tough guy like Blachowicz, it, it's kind of hard. But I, I think a lot of us have kind of felt like Ankalev was kind of the the champion and waiting, we were just kind of waiting for his opportunity to get a shot at it. He, he seems like the type of guy who can not only win the title, uh, but keep it for a while. It, kind of the way this fight came together with the, the champion getting injured and then uh, Glover Teixeira, kind of the number one contender, not really being ready to go. So they, they threw this together for the bank and title. Like it kind of sucks that that's how it came together for Ankalaev. But I, I think, you know, if he wins the title, I don't think you're going to have too many fans saying he's not the rightful one or that he he isn't champion worthy. 
Uh, he probably needs to fight the the you know the the former champ to to really uh, solidify himself as uh, as a champ. But uh, he, he's more than deserving of the shot. I, I think he's a rightful favorite. It's funny. Uh, I, I sent some notes over a few hours ago, just uh, talking about him minus being like a minus two eighty five favorite, and he's already up to three twenty since then. So obviously the steam is coming. I think he's obviously going to be a very popular parlay piece this weekend. And I kind of can't fault people. I, I think, you know, we're getting to the point now, if you're going to play uh, a money line side, the value may be on Blackowitz at this side. I, I feel like maybe he's getting a little dis disrespected. But honestly, he's just way too technical on the feed, I think, for Blackowitz. I, I think he can kind of pick him apart. And that's not even talking about the huge edge he's going to have on the ground with his wrestling and just a, a very, very controlling top game. He's not really a Khabib Nurmagomedov, but he can hold you down. He can be very tough on top. He can be hard to get off. And Blackowitz is an official out of water off his back. Uh, but I think he's going to have a very long night trying to deal with them. Um, I, I like the under four and a half if you're looking for a way to play this. Um, you know, if you li like Akalaev, uh, the money line's kind of getting out of way, out of hand. But him inside the distance and still pretty much right around even money, I think that's a very good play too, especially – you know, we got five rounds in the main event. So if you're looking for a stoppage, I, I think, you know, five rounds is more than enough for Uncle Live to get it done. Absolutely. And Dan Stuff does a terrific job of being able to unearth some value in terms of the UFC. And pro tip for this hour, vcin.com slash subscribe for all of these. Take a look at some of these lesser teams in the NFL and look at lines as taking them early. You get off times, get good value on the favorites. And we're going to try to find some value in terms of the NFL card with my Chameleons. Selections next here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.